0: Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. I'm excited about this series. Remember, sight is what we see with our eyes open, and vision is what we see with our eyes closed. And today I'm going to deal with personal vision for you that will literally change your life. It's amazing if we can get this before us. And then next week, I'm going to share vision for our church, corporate vision. Boardman, I'm going to share some really cool, exciting vision for you and what God's going to be doing in, in your church and in, in this year. And then Warren, we're going to share some incredible vision here. We're going to share some vision about traditional church and some other things. And we're going to have a blast. That's all next weekend. I want to open up with a story. Uh, years ago, I used to tell Gina what I would do if I got into a certain situation, and that is what I would do if a big dog was coming at me and uh, it wanted to bite me, you it wanted to hurt me. So uh, I want to put a disclaimer on this, I love animals, I love dogs, I even love cats. So uh, it's not about hurting a dog, it's about what if a dog wants to hurt me, what do I do? So I used to tell Gina, I'm going to give him my left hand because I'm right-handed. I'll let him take that little bite, but then I'm coming up with my right. I'm going to pick him up, slam him down, and take care of him. And she would just roll her eyes. Oh, Hercules, Hercules. Joe, you're so tough. You know. So I had a chance to try that out. Um, this is way back. I was, I was just younger Joe. And uh, I was over at friend's house and I beat him home and I knew he was coming and I saw this beautiful porch. So I thought I'm gonna walk to the porch and just sit down. And I get out of my car, I begin to walk to the porch and and then I see a pit bull come around the side of his house and he's sprinting at me. And so this is my chance. So you know what I did? I looked at my car, I looked at the pit bull and I thought I can make it. And I I began to run to my car, but I thought I can't open the door because he'll get me by then. So I jump on the hood, then I jump Uh, uh, on the roof of the car and I'm up on the roof of the car and this dog's going ooh, 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 and then I look and my friend had pulled in and he's getting out of his car laughing his head off and he calls the dog and I realize that's his dog and uh, he walks over laughing I didn't get off the roof I didn't trust that dog until I knew for sure he said he was just going to greet you I said there's no pit bull that just greets somebody a stranger on their property and once they bite you they don't let go and so that's why I ran and you know what oftentimes, and that's what we're going to talk about today, there's things we intend to do that when it actually comes to it, we just don't do them. We run from pit bulls, right? And there's just some things we say, we're going to do it and we don't. And that's what we're going to talk about today. There are these memes out there. I think most of us know what a meme is, you know, little pictures with the little, little, little words underneath. And they have some memes called uh, me, actually me. And I really believe they explain the human condition. So I wanna share a couple with you. Uh, This this is what's going on in our lives. We're all struggling in different areas. And here's the first one, me. I have no feelings. You can't hurt me. Someone raises their voice at me. Here's actually me. (laughs) They hurt my feelings, right? Oh my, it hurts so bad. Here's another one, me. I'm gonna start eating right and working out today. Today's the day. Actually me, on the phone ordering pizza, wings, and a diet soda, of course. And of course, I want the cinnamon bread for a dollar. Good intentions, right, but what do we end up doing? Here, here, here's the next one, uh, oh, OMG, this is me. I'm so broke. Actually me, Kaching. I know I have 10 sweaters, but I need one more. I just gotta have one more sweater, right? Here's a good one, me. No, no, I'm not competitive at all. Actually me, <laughs> I like that one, man. I don't know who took a picture, it must have been Gina of my living room when I was playing Monopoly with my kids. But we end up doing the things that we don't wanna do. That's the human condition. The things we wanna do, we don't do. The things we don't wanna do, we end up doing those things. So I titled this lesson, Me, Actually Me. We wanna throw this vision out that's life changing and you and I can change our lives. So here's the question I wanna answer in this lesson. It goes like this, how do I get the me I want to be, to be me. How do I do it? It, We want to, but we end up not. How do we do it? And my big idea gives us the how-to. It gives us the how-to. And I want us to walk out understanding this more so than we've ever understood it, more clearly than we have ever understood it. So here's my big idea. The inside us can override the outside us. And this is the dilemma, this is the human condition, getting the inside us to override the outside us. So many of you know, I don't even have to say anything, you know exactly what I mean, because you've been a Christian for a long time. Others, you're newer, and you're not even sure what this means, so I wanna make sure we understand it. And here's how it goes. God created us in his image. God is three persons, one God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All God, all equal one God, three persons. Well, he made you a three-part being. So you are a spirit, you possess a soul, that's your mind, your will, your emotions, and you live in a body. And you and I have to understand our condition. So our spirit man looks exactly like our body. It has a face, it has eyes, it has hands. If you're, you could see your spirit, you would know what you. Your friends would know what you. And, and the thing about your spirit is it's perfect. It has no flaws. If you have any injuries, they wouldn't show up on your spirit. It's the real you. Before you met Jesus, Your spirit man was sin-stained. You were dead in your trespasses and sin. When you accepted Jesus, he took that spirit man and he recreated it and now that is the real you and the real you is amazing, it's perfect, we'll talk about that. But then you have your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your mind did not change at all when you accepted Jesus. And the Bible says we have to renew that baby. It hasn't changed. But then you have your body, It didn't change when you accepted Jesus, and it will never, ever change. And the Bible says it has a sin nature. All we can do with it is we can shut it down, we can neutralize it, but it's gonna be there our entire life. And so when we struggle, that's why we struggle. That's why I say the inside us can override the outside us. The outside us is our sin-stained body. The inside us, if we're Christians, It's that born-again new man, new woman that's inside of us, and it's absolutely amazing. So how do we get the inner giant to override the outer sin nature? We're going to talk about that today. And I thought I wanted to show you some Bible memes. They're text. They're not picture, but they're Bible memes. And these memes are by the Apostle Paul. He's the most spiritual Christian that ever walked the earth, Jesus of course was God in the flesh, so we're not comparing him to Jesus. But outside of Jesus, the most spiritual Christian that ever walked the earth, and he wrote nearly three quarters of our New Testament. But do you know what? He had to learn what we're teaching today. And he struggled at one time in his life, just like you and I struggle. And I wanna show you some of his struggle. Romans chapter seven, verse 15. This is Paul. He says, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree with the law that it is good. He's talking about the law of Moses, 600 plus commands. You and I are familiar, most of us familiar with 10 of them, right? The 10 commandments. And what he's saying is, the way I'm living my life as a young Christian, I'm agreeing with God that I can't raise myself up to his standard. That's all he's saying. He's saying, I'm struggling. He goes on to say this, verse 17. As it is, excuse me, as it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it's sin living in me. Now now notice where that sin is. It's not in your spirit. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me. That is in my sinful nature. And he's saying in that body, there's sin, and he's telling us this is the struggle that's happening. So the real you wants to do what's right, but the old you is taken over. He goes on in verse 19, and he says, for if I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want to do, listen to this, it's no longer I who do it, but is sin living in me, that does it. He's not giving us an excuse to sin. He's painting a picture where our struggle is. And the real you doesn't want to sin. And that's why we have guilt. That's why we we feel condemned when we do the wrong thing. If you've accepted Christ, the real you wants to do the right thing, but we keep yielding to the outside guy. And here's the good news. The inner us can override the outer us. So how do we do it? Well, This week, I wanna encourage you to read the rest of chapter seven, the rest of chapter eight. I'd encourage you to throw in chapter six, amazing chapters. Here's what he says. He comes to the end of chapter seven. He says, who's gonna deliver me from this dilemma? Then he says, Jesus Christ will deliver me. Then then he says in chapter eight, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I love that. You know what condemnation means? A condemning sentence against you. Jesus took our sin, and when we accept him, we are no longer condemned for sin. We need to become holy and live right, but but there's no condemnation. You know what he goes on to say in chapter eight? He says, here's what you need to do. You have to focus your mind on the right thing. That's what he says. It's all up here in the mind. He says if you focus on this earth and the wrong thing, he says you'll always do the things you don't wanna do. You'll never do the things you wanna do. But he says if you focus on the right thing, then you'll be able to overcome. And so I like to say it this way. If you focus on the don'ts, you'll never do the do's. And that's what so often we do. For instance, we have the 10 commandments and we know they're holy, they're righteous and we need to live them. We need to do them. And one of them is, you know, not to covet and there's all kinds, don't steal, don't kill. And we know all those commandments, you know, live live the right way. But if we focus on that, there's no power in that. The Bible says that the Bible concluded there was no power in the law to set us free. That's why Jesus died. And what we want to focus on is we want to focus on the, what he's done for us, and notice how the Bible says it. I'm gonna show you how you do this. Romans 12, verse one. Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, fellow Christians, in view of God's mercies. Now, all he's saying is, what I just told you in the first 11 chapters, that's the mercy of God. And In the first 11 chapters, he talks about our human condition and then how Jesus set us free, how we don't have any condemnation, how Jesus loves us, and all these wonderful things. He says, in light of that, I'd like you to take a first step. Here it is. He says, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. What's in our bodies, guys? Sin nature, right? He says, offer it as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. One Greek scholar said, this is the foundation for all worship. So we know when we sing songs, worship songs, that's worship, we need to do that. But you know the foundation of all worship is you and I saying to God, I offer my very being up to you. I surrender to you. And that is the first step of all freedom. We're gonna show you the second step in the next verse, but that's the first step. And you notice how he said, as a living sacrifice, put yourself on the altar. Um, here's what I've learned. I've been a Christian for over 40 years. I keep crawling off that all, altar. I don't know about you guys, but you, you do it one day and you say, all right, Lord, I'm totally surrendered. And then it's like you're slowly sneaking off the altar over time, right? And so we, we need to say, oh no. And there's times when I say, all right, all right, God, I see that and I, I climb back up there and say, I'm totally surrendered. Cause there's some areas we don't surrender in, right? We struggle. That's the first step. Here's here's the second step. He says in verse two, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's the other part of us, the second part, our spirit, our mind, and our body. He says renew, and then he says, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. This is the will of God for every area of our life the will of God for what, is, what do you want me to do with my life, and the will of God with how do you want me to live my life, and you'll never be able to do it until you renew your minds. If we don't renew our minds, this world will pull us out, and, and we'll just, we'll never be free, so the, the key is to renew your minds, but here's what we have to ask ourselves, what do we renew our minds with? What part of the Bible? And. And and, and the part of the Bible that you wanna renew your minds with, it will bless you, set you free, is just simply what happened to you when you accepted Jesus. The Bible calls this in Christ realities. And I wanna encourage you, giving you something else you can do this week. It will change your life if you've not done it. I wanna encourage you to do a Google search. And with your Google search, I want you to just put in Christ realities or something like that. Just put in Christ realities or who I am in Christ, and then these wonderful people, there's so many cool people out there. They have accumulated lists and you click one of their lists and all the scriptures to tell you who you are in Christ will come up. You'll see scriptures like this. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That, that we are seated with him in heavenly places. We're holy and we're blameless. That's the part of the word of God that we renew our minds with. It." will change your life because here's what you're doing. That's already happened to the inner you. You're just renewing your mind to what's happened. And if any two agree on earth is touching anything, then it happens. So you have to get your mind to agree with who you are on the inside. Your mind's gonna always lean towards that sin nature. And that's when we begin to see this amazing freedom. So if you were to ask me, How do I renew my mind? Here's what I do. And for those of us that have been Christians forever, we have a lot of these scriptures memorized, right? Uh, Listen, just knowing them and memorizing them, it's it's not enough. Even now that you know them, you need to meditate on them because your mind will revert back to its old self. So you need to keep refreshing it. So here's, here's how I renew my mind. I just find those scriptures I just talked to you about. I'll get one of them per week. And... I just simply, before I go to bed, I read them a couple times. When I wake up, I read them a couple times. I go through my day and read them a couple times. I'll make you a guarantee probably within one day, but within two, you'll memorize that scripture. And then for us, those of us that have it memorized, when you're, you know, when you're going through your day, when you have some of that downtime, you just simply take those scriptures and you, you just think about them. So that, that's what I do. I just, I'm in the shower and I'm thinking about one of those scriptures. I don't do it the whole shower, but a little bit, you know, I have to sing a little do in the shower, but I do it just a little bit, you know, and I just, I'm just constantly reminding myself of who I am. And that's, when the inner you can begin to override the outer you. And some of us have areas where we struggle a lot more, so it takes a little more work for those particular areas. Um, I love this scripture. Listen to what it says, 1 Peter 2.2. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. So can we all agree this is a verse about us growing up spiritually, right? So listen to what he says. He says, like a newborn baby, he's not writing this just to baby Christians, all of us, but he's saying, in the same way that a newborn baby craves milk, I want you to crave spiritual milk. And I've had the privilege, the pleasure of having Three grandchildren uh, joey 's ten riley 's eight, so they 're out of that stage, right? But I remember when they were in it, but now I have Ophelia who 's eight months old, and I just got to thinking when I was looking at the scripture about uh, especially her first six seven months be- her first six months before she had food and how important that bottle was. So let me tell you something about Ophelia. She is the best-tempered kid you'll ever meet. She'll sit on the floor and play, not complain, just happy. I'll lay on the floor with her, and she likes me to pick her up, and so I'm helping her stand. She can't stand on her own, so I'm picking her up. And then she just plays with my face and pulls my hair, gives me that wet-open-mouth slobber kiss, you know? And then I do airplane rides, I lay on my back, and, and I'm doing this, and she giggles, and she laughs, and then she drops slobber bombs, and I'm... I'm literally going like this, trying to miss the slobber bombs and you don't even care because it's a baby, you know? And, and so she is just so happy. But when she begins to become hungry, first thing she'll do is she'll give you a sign. She becomes a little bit cranky. And if you don't notice it, she'll, as good tempered as she is, she'll begin to cry, just to begin to cry. She wants her bottle. And then you have to run and make the bottle. And then I, I hold her, and, and the first six months was amazing. You put that bottle in her mouth, and she guzzles it down. She's like you're gonna steal it from her. <laughs> just guzzling it down. And I look at her and say, honey, I'm not pulling this bottle. You can just relax. She just guzzled it down. Now, that's how a baby craves milk. And you may not know it, but the new you inside you is craving the spiritual milk, which would be who I am in Christ. It is craving spiritual milk. And once it gets a taste of it, it's gonna start wanting to guzzle it down. And you know what I think? I think we have a bunch of Christians in the body of Christ that are just simply cranky because they haven't had their milk. And we are getting on each other's nerves and, and we're not happy, we have anxiety, we have fear. And, and I just think we need to get that bottle and put it in. Once you taste it, you're gonna to wanna to guzzle it down and you're gonna say, give me another scripture, give me another scripture. It will change your life. but nothing else will satisfy you. The the you, the new you inside needs milk. It needs fed. And even after we're Christian uh, for years, it still needs to be fed. The Bible teaches us that. So the milk of the word of God is just simply who we are in Christ. You know what the meat is? It's the part of the word of God that God tells us to do something. A new commandment I give you, to love one another. That's meat. But we want to just make sure we're filling up too all the time on the milk. And I like this. This is what happens. The me I see is the me I'll be. If you can see it in your mind, that's who you will become. And I got another story for you. Uh, A couple weeks ago, Gina and I went to California, and we we snuck out between Sundays, and. uh, I hurt my knee, so my knee's real bad. So I had to be wheelchaired through airports, which is, there's so many stories I have from being wheelchaired through an airport. It was awesome, by the way. And, and uh, I'm thinking every time I go, I'm just gonna come with a cane and say, I need special treatment. <laughs> awesome, you get on the plane first, just amazing. And, and so, uh, you know, we finally land in California. We went out to California to see my two aunts. One's 93, one's 88. Their minds are as sharp as mine. They're my dad's sisters and, uh, and they didn't drink and smoke. So they're living longer than, than my dad did you know, and his brother. So, so they're, they're doing really well. And so I land in California and, uh, and the hotel told me, just go to any white cab and tell them to take you to the hotel. We'll pay for that, that cab ride. So the, the wheelchair guy pulls me out and then I get up and the luggage is there and this foreigner comes up and I said, hey, we're going to this address. I show them. And I said, they said, They'll reimburse you. They'll pay for it. And then his demeanor changed. He just became angry and he began to grab our suitcases and just throw them in his trunk. And Gina and I are like dum-de-dum-dum, like what's gonna happen here, you know? And so she goes to get in one side, I'm getting in the other because I have a bad knee, I have to back in and then I have to pull this leg up with with my arms, It, it doesn't have the strength to do it. And my feet are underground, I'm ready to pull it up. He jumps in and he takes off and I'm hanging out the car and I'm holding on and I'm going, hey, hey, hey. And he turns around, he sees, and he stops, angry stop. He doesn't say, oh, sorry. And, and then I get in, and as soon as I shut the door, he takes off, and he's driving mean all the way to the hotel. So we're at a red light. I had this fleeting thought. While we're stopped at a red light, I thought, what if I hit him in the head with my cane? <laughs> I did. It was really fleeting. And tell him, what's going on, buddy? Why are you treating me like this? And I did, and I just said, no, 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 no. And then these thoughts came to me. You know what, I bet you that hotel has a contract with that cab company and he's gonna get half the fare he would if I paid it. And then he's probably thinking these guys never tip tip me when the hotel's paid and they think it's all taken care of. And I'm sitting there and I thought, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna give him a nice tip. And I pulled a tip out of my wallet. And so when we finally get to the hotel, he's still angry. He's putting the the bags out mean. And I hop over and I say, hey, this is a tip for you. And he looked at that tip. I'm, I'm not kidding, his demeanor totally changed. He said, I, I take your luggage in for you. And so he, he takes our luggage in, he goes to the desk, signs whatever papers he has to sign. And then he walks back to us, cause we're waiting uh, to check in. He walks back to us, he says, sir, you have a happy new year. Ma'am, you have a happy new year. And he walks out smiling. And Gina looked at me and she said, you are not the Joe I married. <laughs> I said, honey, I'm as shocked as you are. Believe me, I am absolutely shocked. But, but that's what happens. The me I see is the me I'll be. And I was able to override those feelings and those thoughts because I know, hey, you know, the Joe on the inside, he's not going to look at all this. He's going to ask himself, what can I do to minister life to this man. What's going on with this man? And it's just, God grows us. So that's principle number one. The second one I'll go over really quick, I just wanna share it because it's so important, but this is about vision. So you get that vision of who you are in Christ, you renew your mind with it, it will change your personal lives. But here's the second principle. The God I release empowers me to be the me I see. What do I mean by the God I release? Listen to this, Galatians 5.16. So I say, walk in or by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. That's our sin nature. So he's saying we can shut that sin nature down. One of the things that helps so wonderfully is to walk in the Spirit. What does it mean to walk in the Spirit? Well, all of us, TCI were warned, didn't we just have a worship service before I began to teach? Let me ask you a question. Did you feel way better after singing the worship songs than before? You always do, don't you? You know why? The Bible says God inhabits our worship. He inhabits it. And that's not weird. It just means his presence comes. And all that means is his life, his peace, his joy. And that's why we always feel better after worship. Worship is the atmosphere of heaven. And when you're in worship, it's hard to be mean and and all that kind of stuff, right? You just feel like, oh, I feel so good. And then a couple hours pass and it's like, we don't feel that way anymore, right? So I always encourage people, this is what it means to walk in the spirit. Just create the atmosphere of heaven. You know, in your car, play worship music. When you're getting ready in the morning, play some, play, play some worship music. I like to take a song every morning and just literally go in my prayer closet and sing it. And no matter what, you just let worship, what it does is it empowers that inner you, and it gives it an extra kick so that even when you renew your mind, it just gives it that extra kick. Those of you that are Spirit-filled, pray in the Spirit, that does the same thing. You know what else we can do? Go through our life giving thanks. It's amazing what happens when we become positive and thank God for all the blessings we have. So I wanna ask a question, B.C. uh, BC Boardman, T.C.I. Warren. I don't know about you, but I'm excited about that inner man. We all have a giant in us. Can we thank God for what he did inside of us and how he recreated us and how we can walk free? It's amazing. It's amazing. So now I want to pray. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. Father, I did my best to teach this incredible part of the word of God. We thank you for this personal vision that we can literally feed on. We can literally renew our minds with, Lord. Thank you for that. And Lord, for some of us, we've been Christians forever, but we've let this slip and we just make a decision today. We're going to begin to just just drink the spiritual milk on a regular basis. Let you change us. Lord, we thank you for the giant that lives inside of us. We thank you that that giant can overrule sin in our nature, Lord. And Lord, I just ask you to open all of our eyes up further to that wonderful truth. And while we're in this attitude of prayer, I really believe God speaks to hearts during this time. I know he does. He always does the mind. Where well, our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed and we're praying. Maybe you're here, TCI, Boardman, Warren. Maybe you're visiting for the first time. Maybe you've been here a couple times. But you're not sure if you're forever. You know, the Bible teaches us that if we believe in Jesus, accept him as savior, surrender our lives to him, that will save our soul. That's the way God created for us to go to heaven. The Bible teaches if we believe in him, God will save our soul. Jesus died and God raised him from the dead and he's alive, he's salvation for the whole world. And what I'm asking right now is, I'm not asking if you grew up in a Christian church, which is great, I'm not asking if you were water baptized as a baby or an adult, which is great. I'm not asking you to join our church or a religion, here's what I'm asking. Can you remember a day in your life when you made it personal and you accepted Jesus as your Savior? And if you're listening, you say, I can't remember that day. Why not today? He said, if you call on my name, I'll save you. So I'm going to pray. And if you pray this for the first time, a miracle will happen. And God God will change that inner you. And he'll cause it to be reborn. It's amazing, amazing. And the rest of us are going to help you pray. So if you're praying it for the first time, simply mean it. Can we help him out, guys? TCI Boardman Warren, let's help him out. Say, Father, I realize I was born sin-stained. And this day, I look to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. You died for my sins and the sins of the entire world. This day, I accept you as my Savior and I make a decision to follow you. And I declare that you are Lord of my life, amen. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out Believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at Believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast.